What is up, everybody? Mr. Jim to my right, Mike Griffin from Vortex Edge across from me. Jim, we've been given the impossible task of telling folks how to choose the right optic for they for their AR-15 in 10 minutes. So ten right, min- any, I was saying anything in 10 minutes is an impossible task, let's be honest. We've proven that. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like uh, we'll do some you know full disclosure on the front end of this just to let people know we're not even going to try. But I don't think it's going to go... It, we'll see where this goes. So... Why I say it's the impossible task, you're looking at the AR-15, possibly the most versatile, customizable firearm platform out there. Because of that, there's a variety of optics to complement the platform, depending on how you, I would say, primarily intend to use it. Now, you also don't have to stick to just one thing. You can buy multiple optics for the same firearm, or you can buy, you know, different ARs and just have them all set up different ways. The choice is yours. But for, for us right now, the choice is to go through all the different optic platforms and hopefully help somebody choose what's going to work best for them. Yeah. We've got a slew of guns on the table here. Yeah, if you're watching. I'll tell you what, only 50% of them are real guns, though. That's the fun thing. Some of these are the display guns. But because they make these airsoft guns so realistic nowadays, you'd be hard-pressed to figure out, aside from these big yellow flags or orange flags sticking out of the real ones. Exactly, exactly. They, don't, they, are, they are realistic, and actually that's why they uh, these ones are from... The showroom. So if you go down to the Vortex showroom and you pick something up, you can, you know, get a very, uh, I'd say, uh, realistic yeah. fit and feel and perception of what it's going to be like on, on your AR. I didn't mean to derail you. Maybe we should talk about airsoft guns sometime on here. Yeah. Comment below if you want to hear about airsoft guns down the road. So I think we'll go, I guess, in some ways, I don't know, like small to big. Let's start with red dots. That makes sense. For a person with an AR... Who, you know, what's the who, what, where, when, why of a person goes, yep, the red dot is the right optic style for me, Mike? So I think if you were to uh, pick a red dot, it's kind of the uh, general purpose solution for, uh, you know, when you think of the original AR-15, it had iron sights, and so it's not magnified. It doesn't, you know, give me any benefit to being able to see better, but the red dot is kind of the one-for-one exchange for that. So nowadays, you don't see too many, unless you're buying something that's kind of a retro build, you don't see too many AR-15s that come with fixed iron sights. Some of them might come with backup iron sights included, that that sort of thing. But um, most of them come with a flat top rail and the you know quick and easy solution to get it very similar to what the original rifle would have been is to throw a red dot on there. A little bit simpler uh, aiming scheme, so I don't have to line up a front sight, rear sight, target. All I have to do is line up red dot and target. But it, you know, it doesn't have any magnification inherent to it. Uh, it's really relatively fast, you know, sighting scheme acquisition. And fairly rugged, uh, relatively inexpensive when you look at the whole spectrum of optics that we have out here. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a good solid solution that you can do a lot of work with. But you know, it doesn't offer me any of the advantages that some of the other items have. Now, that being said, it's kind of the one that I default to the most. So in 20-some years of shooting AR-15s, I have shot iron-sighted guns, and then I went to red dots, then I went to low-power variable optics, and then I went back to red dots, and then I went to, you know, a little bit more magnification, back to red dots. And so (laughs) I just keep coming back to red dots because they just do such a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, I mean, they can you know, kind of cover a lot of bases pretty well, you know, maybe not 100%, but pretty well. 
Red dots are nice because it's at the point where, like you said, it's a really easy entry into an optic on your on your AR. And in many cases with modern ARs, it is you know you're not going to have any sighting system unless you get an optic like this. So it's an easy way to get started. But also, you're never going to outgrow a red dot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, there's you got Navy SEALs and every alphabet soup special ops, you know, dudes and whatever running around with red dots on their guns, kicking doors. You know what that life's like, Mark, oh, right? You kill us, kicking left, doors I left, left that life and behind right. me, Jim. But anyway, <clears throat> not uh, so. By the way, I don't want to be coming off no, as any some sort of uh, impersonator, Jim. But, uh, no, you did your own clandestine. Res- it was more of like an individual <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, all the respect for those guys. But yeah, whether you're a beginner, you can figure it out really easy, really quick. But then it's also absolutely applicable in you know those uh, you know whether it's up close and fast or just a general purpose optic to be able to hit something, anything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you guys really said it all. But I mean, they're. they're they're lightweight. They're fast. I mean, it's tough to beat the target acquisition. From an operation standpoint, simple. I mean, put the thing on the thing and pull the thing. Parallax-free. Durable. Have really good battery life. Mm-hmm. You know. So when you think about, hey, I can put this on a gun and hand it to somebody, and they don't have to know a lot about how the system works outside of aiming it and zeroing it. Like, they're, you know, there's nothing really complex about it. And they don't have to worry about replacing the battery for a long time with modern ones. You know, I don't, uh, like, this is a Spark Solar on this rifle. And um, I probably won't have to replace the battery in that for a couple of years. The battery will corrode before yeah. it's dead, honestly. Yeah. And and every other optic we go up, I'll say up to from here. It's more, we're talking, I'm talking about, like, size and maybe, I guess, somewhat of the uh, uh, complexity of it or something. The reticle gets a little bit more involved. You know, mm-hmm. so you go up to even the holographic site, like the UH-1 over there, you have, it's a simple center dot, but it's got the ring around it, which you can use for a few other things. But this is just so simple to explain to somebody that, you know, put the thing on the thing and pull the trigger. But yeah, you, it, it could be a pro or a con, right? So UH-1, for example, has more stuff going on in the reticle. It's got the CQB holdover with a little triangle at the 6 o'clock position underneath the red dot to account for the offset of the optic over the bore height. You know, and it's... It's kind of got its own thing going on, but I want to. I don't want to go too long here, but I. I don't know if we mentioned cost, and I feel like did. that. Did we mention the cost yeah. of a red dot? I, I mean, we didn't talk about specific numbers, but generally speaking, particularly the red dot versus the holographic. To me, I always think of that's kind of the most affordable option mm-hmm. when you look at this spectrum that we have. Holographic's a little bit more expensive um, than the standard red dot, and obviously if you're comparing like the most expensive red dot against the least expensive holographic on the market, there might be some overlap there, but like this Spark Solar is a little bit less expensive than the UH-1, and then you move up, uh, and you know, we've got some other stuff that falls into other categories, but Mm -hmm. you know, to me, I think of red dot, we've got a handful of red dot uh, models that we offer, um, and they're all what I would say as a, a fairly affordable option. Um, if you're just getting into the AR game or you're working on, you know, building out a rifle that you don't specifically need magnification or a more technical reticle out of, like that's a good affordable solution that can do a, a ton of work. And I kind of want to touch on the, you know, battery life and simplicity. So if you think about like for a home defense gun, uh, patrol rifle, Anything like that where you can, like, I can just turn this thing on and I can leave it on for years and not have to worry about it. So it's always ready, whether it's, you know, sitting 
uh, in my safe or uh, you know next to the nightstand or whatever at home uh, it's ready to go as soon as I pick it up versus uh, you know some other optics that maybe aren't as efficient uh, you know from a battery standpoint uh, standpoint that I need to be more you know, there's a little bit slight, ever so slight more maintenance to them. Be a little bit more mindful of it. Be more mindful of, you know, hey, how do I manage this optic? Whereas it kind of goes back to, it's almost like iron sights. Like I install it, get it zeroed, turn it on. And other than adjusting the intensity for whatever conditions, if I were to go out and shoot in full sunlight versus, you know, nighttime shooting, that sort of thing, it's kind of just there and does its job, Mm -hmm. right? Well, every other optic that you look at on this table, in terms of just the illumination intensity uh, or efficiency, isn't going to be up to the snuff of a red dot. And, and that's the illumination, I guess, mechanisms that they use. It's it's different on these different optics. And, uh, you know, while you look at the holographic optic, that is used in a similar case to the red dot. Mm-hmm. They have no magnification. It has its own benefits of having a really large window in a relatively uh, short footprint with no distortion through the image whatsoever, or through the, the, the windows whatsoever. But it uses a laser instead of the little efficient LED in the red dot, so the one drawback to the holographic sight, it, it would have every advantage if it wasn't for the fact that you use that laser, so it, it sucks up that battery a little bit quicker, so you get a little bit less battery life. You know, that's kind of one thing there. Um, but then, of course, in the other models, too, you're having different, uh, different illumination mechanisms altogether, but they all have etched reticles, so it's not like you have to have the illumination on for them to work. With the holographic and the red dot, you do have to have the battery functioning for you to see a reticle. For sure, for sure. And, you know, so Mike, in your opinion, for a person that goes, man, you know, I'm going to be using a red dot or the holographic similarly, right? Mm -hmm. What would be the tipping point where like, yeah, you know what, I think I'll go with the holographic. So that's a, I think it's much more of like a personal decision than just strictly like, hey, you're going to be using it for this particular context versus this particular context. I have historically gravitated towards red dots. I just have always liked the kind of feature set and, you know, the look of it. I think it is one of those things of like, it's what I've always used, so it's just what I've always used. I know some people really like the holographic site because... They have a little bit of a you know technical reticle there, so if they're shooting up close, they can use that bottom triangle. You know, at six o'clock, if they're shooting moving targets, they can use the three and nine as kind of a lead reference point. Those sorts of things. The window is really nice for you know quick target transitions, um, even shooting under night vision. That that large window is nice. You know, I think if those are the things that you like, then those are going to be the things that you're going to gravitate towards. The other thing is, you know, some people just pick this up, like for me, and I I think at some point we have to talk about it, um, is astigmatism. And like, I pick this up and it doesn't really look great to me. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. Other people will pick up a dot and they'll be like, oh, that looks terrible. Whereas a holographic looks great. So, you know, the reality is, I think much more emphasis is put on that than needs to be because really you need to be target focused versus dot focused Mm -hmm. or in this uh1 reticle focused Mm -hmm. but every time i picked one up for years and years and years and not exclusive to this you know model but i'd pick it up and i'd be like oh man that's like really grainy to me and just kind of blurry and then i would pick up a red dot and it didn't look great like it wasn't a perfectly circular dot but it just 
looked better. That's not a function of the optic itself. No, it's a function of my eye. And you know, not to do it, Mike, but so many people, they get an optic out of their out of the box when they order it online and they're in their half lit bedroom and they pull it out and they put a battery in, they crank it up to max brightness and they stare at the dot that's, you know, six inches in front of their face and they're like, ah, it's blurry. And you know, they're not looking at a target. They're not, it's not mounted to a gun. It's not any of that stuff. And that, that's really the best way to determine. But yeah, it's, um, you know, that is the astigmatism can be a thing. It is. And, um, you know, that is, uh, Something to keep in mind is like it doesn't really matter for these optics. Um, and even when you get into some of the other stuff, if you're using it like a red dot, so like our 1 to 10, our 1 to 6, some of the other stuff um, that's you know low power variable optics, if you're on 1x and you're using it like a red dot, like don't focus on the dot. Focus on the target. And if the dot's blurry or fuzzy or not a perfect shape, it kind of doesn't matter. Like put this, you know, put the dot, you know, we talked about put the thing over the thing and press the trigger. The focal point should be at the target, not at the Which inside of the Which is part of optic. the beauty of the functionality that it offers. Yeah. 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 So both the red dot and the holographic are, are 1X optics. Mm-hmm. But you do with those platforms have the option of using it in conjunction with a magnifier. So maybe talk about magnifiers. Yeah. So we've got a couple of... Uh, 3x magnifiers on these guns this is my uh, teaching gun and i think they're a great tool uh, particularly with like modern mounting solutions where you can flip the optic off to the side so i can choose like i have you know 1x no magnification dot all the speed nothing you know to be concerned about with like eye relief and that sort of thing and then i can flip over to 3x and i can see better so i can pick a refined aiming point on the target uh, gather more information all the things that magnification brings to the table in a relatively small lightweight compact package that if it just starts annoying me or whatever i can pull it off of the gun and and you know get it out of the way because it's on a qd mount or i can use it separate from the gun as a monocular uh, you know, so I don't have to point the gun at whatever I'm looking at, that sort of thing. That, that's a, a benefit that sometimes people forget about. But as a system, you know, it gives me a little bit of magnification. It's a very rugged, uh, you know, package. And I've got all the benefits of the red dot or the holographic site. So uh, the other thing, if you're talking back to the financial component, is I can buy the site and then down the road I can buy the magnifier. Right. So like I don't have to make this big purchase altogether. Um, I can do it in kind of a stair step process. So like, OK, you know, I'll start out. I'll get the gun up and running with the site. And then six months from now, I can pick up the magnifier and add a little bit of capability uh, without making the you know site that I invested in kind of obsolete. Yep. Uh, or or having to deal with like, hey, I'm going to sell this in order to fund the, the next step up in capability. So I think they're a really great option. Obviously, I have it on my gun. The other thing, kind of going back, uh, we do have a diopter here so you can clean up the image a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a really nice tool to, to add to a red dot or a holographic site. It's all a trade-off because between the 1 to 10 and the red dots here, you've got that prism site, the Spitfire 3X, and that is a really neat site. Now, that is a fixed three-power optic, and the magnifier gives you three power, 
it can also be flipped away so you can use one power so you're thinking okay well why get the red dot or why get the fixed power prism sight over a red dot with a magnifier when i can basically have one or three x and over there i only have fixed three x then that though i'd say the the advantage is the etched reticle inside mm-hmm so it's it's kind of like, okay, yeah, you get a little bit extended range performance. Potentially, you can see a target a little bit more clearly with a magnifier and a red dot, yes. But there's a certain point where I'm not going to say that you can't shoot a certain distance with a red dot because everybody's going to go out and say, oh, I shot one time at some odd 100 yards with a red dot, no magnification. But the thing is that would you prefer to shoot at longer distances with the net reticle that has more information on it? I think most people, most people, I'll say, would say yes. And that reticle is pretty sweet. It doesn't require the battery to function. It can be illuminated. In that very even more compact package, you're getting three power. So, yes, and you know if you shoot with both eyes open, you can use it very similar to a one X optic. So you know focus on the target, both eyes open, present the gun, uh, lay the the reticle over the reference point that you're focused on on the target, and shoot. Now, is it going to be, you know, perfectly 1x, 1x image through both eyes? No. Is it still very, very usable and kind of proven over many, many years? Yes. So, you know, it it has a lot of functionality in the up-close, you know, fast shooting game. It also gives you that 3x, and you don't have to worry about battery life because you do have an etched reticle, and you have the benefit of an illuminated reticle, you know. So um, it is a... A, a you know fairly decent option that is a good bit less expensive than a red dot and a 3x magnifier combined. What do you think about if you're into buying two optics already? If you got to buy a red dot and a magnifier, what if you bought a fixed 3x or a fixed 5x prism sight and then you got an offset red dot or a piggyback mount red dot? What do you think about that, Mike? So I think that's a definite option. You can um, either run it you know 3x and then you would buy a separate mount to run an offset red dot that's you know not magnified, um, or on our 5X, uh, you can direct mount it to the optic so it's on top. So it's basically just a little, you know, bas- you just pick up your you know visual line or lift your head just ever so slightly so you can see through that 1X uh, mini red dot, or you've got, you know, 5X right there uh, in front of you. Uh, you know, it's a super rugged, durable package with a uh, nice technical reticle, or you have the speed of a you know, mini red dot. So like that is a, a very viable option that you can put to use. What do you think you prefer to put you on the spot right now? I mean, I go back <laughs> and I keep going back to red dot and three X magnifier. Yeah. Now that being said, cause you're used to it. Cause I am used to it. I have considered getting one of our five X. I think I would use it more if I shot, um, you know, out outdoors more and, most of the time we're teaching on an indoor range. Yeah. And, you know, in that environment, this is more than enough capability. Even on our 100-yard indoor range, it's more than enough capability. If I have had the opportunity to shoot outdoors more, I would probably consider playing around with the 5X with the mini red dot on top. Right. You know, I, I think that's something that I may have to put together and take outdoors a little bit. Right. Every setup 
starts to get people can modify them to start to get closer to the next logical thing, right? Because yeah. you got a red dot and you're like, oh, okay, well, I want to shoot a little further with it. I want to see the picture a little bit more clearly or closely. So you put a magnifier on it. Well, that doesn't fully get you to prism scope level, but it takes you closer to it. And then it's like, okay, now I got a prism scope. I want to put a red dot in conjunction with the prism scope, like we said, offset or piggybacked. And so now you have an etched reticle like the prism scope has with a little more information, and you've got a red dot. You've got like one or three power, one or five power. So you've moved yourself closer to the low-power variable optic, which is a one, two something. But then you've gotten bigger with the low-power variable optic. It's like everybody's always trying to see how many optics they can lump together, how many of the pros from different optics they can lump together in one setup by, by doing little tricks like that. Yep. I will, and maybe you guys brought it up, but did you guys bring up, you know, we we're talking a little bit about, you know, a person's eyes, they might have an astigmatism, and the fact that if you do have the etched reticle and the prism scope, mm. you're not going to experience that. And so I think that's right, yeah. another benefit to the person that goes, man, I like, I kind of like the, the size, weight, profile of a red dot, but man, like with my eyes, it just doesn't work for me. I think that's when you can transition to a, a prism scope and you go, yeah, this is has a lot of similar, similarities, some similar functionality. Like I said, the, the profile and the weight, the way it looks, uh, but you're going to have that etched reticle that's there all the time, whether you do or don't have the illumination engaged, like you mentioned, Jim, and then you can illuminate it as well. So Yeah, um, a, tr- a the, prism scope or a scope scope, same deal with the yeah, astigmatism mm-hmm, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scope, and that, scope. Uh, so, scope. That's what I think they call that's them a, these days. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good thing to think about is the user has to decide like what capabilities they need the most. So like I kind of touched on it. When I'm teaching, I almost exclusively for carbine stuff am shooting indoors. So hundred yards and in. And this gun accomplishes everything that I could really ask of it with the sight setup and that sort of thing. If I was exclusively going out and shooting at 200 plus yards at fairly small targets, you know, maybe I'm hunting with my rifle and I'm just engaging small targets, 200 to 500 yards, red dot and three X magnifier may not be the optimum setup. Like, does it, does it allow me to sight? Yes. Does it allow me to see something? Yes. Is it optimum for, 99% 99% of the stuff that I'm going to do with that that rifle, maybe not. Um, is it okay to have more than one gun? Yeah. Is it okay to have <laughs> I'm like a gun that's, built that's like this that's got, a, for, Jim. <laughs> that's got a red dot and a 3X magnifier and then have something else that has, you know, uh, this this 3X guy on it or a 1 to 10 or a 1 to 6 or that 3 to 18 because the guns are set up for different applications. Yeah. So... Like I, I, a lot of times we want all the capabilities because we think, well, maybe one day I'm going to have to use this gun to shoot at 800 yards. And it's like, yeah, maybe one day. Like how serious is that requirement for that gun? Well, the funny thing is that the gun you're holding right now, the Razor 1 to 10 on it, is that it has the scope for doing all the things yep. on it. Like it, a lot of people are like, what's the super scope I can do everything with? It exists. That is it. That's this it. Is it. That is it. Yep. And yet there are still plenty of instances of people not getting that and going with a red dot or, a, you know, whatever, any of these other options, because everybody already knows. You hear the phrase, you know, a, a master of all or whatever, jack of all trades and a master, master, of, none. Mm-hmm. master of none or something like that. Yeah. I'm really bad with phrases lately. I feel, I've been I, personally, though, a lot. my apologies, but it's the, the one, to, the one to 10, 
you know, and I like I like the Gen Three Razor. Okay, I do, Jim. But yeah. like when you talk, you, like you use know, that old saying. But it's like also to me, <laughs> that's the optic that comes close, the closest to like blowing that out out of the water. Like yeah. I think it is both of those things. But we got and that's the thing though is you got to be realistic with this too. Is one of the notable things you talked about with the red dot before was that this is the thing that you can slap on a gun and get going right away. It's basically like the modern day version of iron sights, you know. It's the people's optic, right? And the razor 1 to 10 costs, I mean it's it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. It needs to be because that's what it takes to make something like that. And so part of the reason, part of the thing that makes it, you know, it's like, hey, that's the thing. That's the one that, that pretty much comes the closest to doing it all. It's also like, well, hey, I get it. It's also notably expensive. So in some instances, that can be the thing that's that. And of course, the Razor 1 to 10 isn't the only optic that's low power variable. Of course, there's there's 1 to 6s and 1 to 8s, and they all kind of start out at, at, at much more affordable, relatively speaking. And then there's there's a whole spectrum in between, you know, but it's just kind of... Yeah. No, I was gonna, that, and that's what I was gonna say though. I mean, like that razor one to ten, it's an example of a low power variable optic. But we certainly have other ones that Tons. are yeah. way more friendly to your pocketbook and have a very high level of performance, but still offer that one x to six, or that one x to eight, or that one x to to ten. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and so with this one, you have, you know, when you get into LPVOs, to me, you have to think about like what are the important things to you. Like, is just pure magnification important? Okay. Do you need, like, what level of technicality do you need in the reticle? Like, do you need something that um, gives you a little bit of information or a lot of information? And then do you, you know, obviously glass quality is always going to be a consideration when you look at the different levels, you know, price points um, of optics. But then the one that I always look at is, like, how bright is the dot or reticle going to be? You know, is it going to be a daytime bright dot or is it illuminated, but maybe not quite bright enough that at 1x in full daylight, you know, if I bring it up, I'm immediately going to be able to see a nice, clean, uh, you know, bright red dot. So the the razor line accomplishes that task. Uh, you know, it kind of checks all of those boxes, but you're also, you know, the price point is representative of that because it's expensive to pile all of those things in a package that's this lightweight um, and this size. But then if you don't need a daytime bright, uh, you know, reticle or illuminator, then you can save a little bit of money there. Um, If you don't need 10X, maybe you save a little bit of money there. Mm -hmm. If you don't need a very technical reticle on very clean glass, you know, like premium glass, then, you know, you don't have to check all those boxes and you can get something that's a little more affordable and a little more comparable in price or maybe bridges the gap between this guy and, you know, some of the other options that we talked about previously. Yeah. With these, I mean, with the, and with the optical quality too, it's, it's these days, it's like the Razor 1 to 10 is watching a football game on 8K. You're almost uncomfortable Mm. by how much sweat you can see on the players' faces. (laughs) You know what I mean? Plenty of people watched plenty of football games on 4K or even 1080. Can you imagine? That's like old school now, and you you can enjoy it. So I I think that 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 is absolutely similar to what you get with the different optical qualities. You know, very very much doable. Mm -hmm. The Razer One to Ten will make you feel funny. It'll be like I didn't even know I could see something that good. (laughs) I do like LPVOs because they are so versatile though mm-hmm. like you know a person maybe they only have you know one ar they have two ars and like well you know i want it to be my plinker and you gotta pump those numbers up yeah but, right i yeah. mean hey you know what we're all gonna get there right 
you know, but it's my planker, it's did. my this, you know, it, it's my it's my home defense gun, but it's mm-hmm. also my predator rifle. It really That's is you, that dual. That's, I mean, that is me. You are the guy who's gonna if you get a gun, it it darn well better be able to hunt. Not that you can't hunt, a lot of people hunt with a red dot and a magnifier. But well, you want it to be, you want it, you're, especially, yeah. not only have you grown Wisconsin. accustomed to a certain lifestyle with with a, a level of quality of equipment, but also you've grown accustomed to a certain style of rifle scope. You've looked through far more etched in traditional wire, wire reticle rifle scopes mm-hmm. than you have red right. dots. Far more. Whereas a guy like Mike's looked probably through more red dots than, you know, traditional optics. I don't know, I'm yeah. just guessing, but, you know, that's kind of one of those things, too. I've definitely spent more time on a red dot than like our magnified optics mm-hmm. and that's just my background is more carbine red dot pistol that sort of stuff even though 2008 i ran a lpvo on a on a carbine you know with an offset red dot like i feel like that was not a normal thing then and you were uh, definitely a trendsetter <laughs> <laughs> and uh i liked the advantages that it brought me but i just kept going back to red dot and 3x magnifier you know so it just feels like home it does i mean it's tough it's tough to deny just the speed the simplicity the the, the lightweight low profile like i mean they're they're extreme they are extremely versatile they're versatile it's like everything here is versatile in its own way yep. and i think you know really it's just like kind of going through the different options and when you are making that selection you know just weighing what's what's important to you and I will say, like when our one to six, the original uh, Razor one to six came out, I got one of those and ran it for years and years and years. Mostly because I was shooting outdoors more at a little bit uh, distances, were you know all the zero to hundred yard stuff. But then there was the hundred to three hundred, four hundred yard stuff uh, was more available, and I really really liked that optic. Um, that was before the one to ten came out, and I ran that for years and years and years, and it was is um, a great optic now we have the lighter weight model you know i mean i lpvos are an awesome option but i think that also takes us into you know kind of normal magnification scopes uh we've got the 3 to 18 over here which is something hpvos (laughs) high power so people are trying to say like like medium power variable optics and like high Power variable. It's just a scope to me. SPR, DMR, yeah. ABC, XYZ. Um, but whatever it is, this BLT. is a darn good scope. So this is. is the Strike Eagle 3 to 18 by 44. Uh, for, I'd say, your longer range applications, I find that 3 to 18 to be the just a sweet spot. Ryan, Ryan turned off the clock. Did you notice? Yeah, he's <laughs> mad at us. Yeah. I tried to warn everybody. Um, you did. We gave that. But this is, I mean, I, I look at this and I say, okay, well, this is definitely, it hits a kind of like a different use case, I guess, in a way, or goes into, you know, a different realm. Definitely very useful and application specific, also very versatile, depending on how you want to use it. For, you know, on the hunt side, I'm very drawn to this optic on an AR. Oh, yeah. I mean, once you go to the point where the lowest magnification is no longer one, I would say you're talking about a rifle whose primary role isn't going to be shot off hand, but more so off of a bipod or some sort of a rest, bags. Supported somehow. Some sort of support. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it might be, you know, barricade, bags, yeah. bipod, tripod, whatever. Yeah. Right. I mean, not that. I, 
I mean, not that you couldn't, right? But that, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I, you, you could do anything technically with any one of these guns, you know, but I'm just saying your primary mm-hmm. is a supported position of some sort. I mean, that's just sort of what makes it. That's how my brain works, at least. For sure. At some point, you got you to gotta figure it out. Everybody's going to talk to death like how, well, Red Dot, you can shoot out to 1,000, he's busy. It's like, all right, well, let's be real. Right. Where do you where do you see like an optic like this shining on an AR? Like what's the what's the use case, Mike? So if you kind of without adding on a red dot, kind of like we talked about uh, with our prism optic, a, a secondary red dot, uh, primarily just that optic. Anytime I need to shoot very very small targets at you know even as close as say fifty yards. Okay. Right. You know if it's a two or three inch target at fifty yards, like I would like to have. 3x magnification on the low end uh, you know if i'm given the time um, that sort of thing uh, but then if we're pushing out to distance and it depends on how your gun's set up so if i have an 18 or 20 inch barreled 5.56 gun that's got hand loads that'll allow me to push the speed a little bit or like this is a 6.5 ar10 that i can really reach out with then having that extra magnification is really nice and I think sometimes people kind of fall into the old rule of like 1x for every 100 yards, and they think like, oh, this is a lot of magnification for a 5.56 gas gun, you know, an AR-15 um, in its kind of standard format. But then you start to think about, well, what if I make that target not on a nice, clean, manicured range, and it's a white silhouette against a you know brown or green berm, uh, where it's going to really stand out, and I can pick it up with lower magnification options. Where the spray-painted white target has been shot so many times that it's gray now. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> if you're the last dude to shoot a stage, and it's a six-inch target at three or four hundred yards, and it's up against a you know berm that doesn't give you a lot of contrast, would you like to have more than you know three, six, eight, you know, ten power magnification, or push it out a little bit further? Would it be nice to have a little bit more magnification? Yeah. Uh, If you're not, if the gun is set up so that you're very unlikely to shoot anything inside of 100 or 200 yards, are you really giving up a lot by going to a 3 to 18 over a 1 to 6 or a 1 to 10? And you have gained something on the top end. Mm -hmm. Along with having, you know, an exposed elevation turret, you've got a more technical or at least, you know, a, a... what I would say is a little bit better reticle for that application. Parallax uh, per- adjustment. Parallax adjustment. You know, you've got some things that are kind of nice to have, mm. not just raw magnification. Well, I think this is like, okay, now we've stepped out of the realm of like, hey, this is my primary door kicker. You know, kind of yeah. like what you were talking about earlier, Jim. And it's just a different different application. But um, we, uh, as the optics manufacturer, we did things that that – we kind of also determine the the primary use for an optic like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like putting the parallax adjustment, like the exposed elevation turret that's locking with a zero stop. You know, it's that's also part of what goes into this because the one to ten is sort of it is that very close to a master of many things, if not all things. But it doesn't have the parallax adjustment. Now, how much of a big deal that is, and you know, it, that depends on what shooter you speak to. It doesn't have an exposed elevation turret, so we had to form fitted into its role as being able to do many things. And this mm-hmm. one, it was kind of like, hey, we don't have to try and make this scope do everything. So we're going to put in some much more much more specific items. Yeah, and I think that zoom range, it does allow you to 
shoot, I'd say more accurately at increased distances uh, in a professional or hunting setting, right? Yeah, Target yeah. ID is very important to know what you're shooting at. Yeah. And more magnification can, can certainly afford you that. And Mike brought up, potentially, you could pair this with like a, a red dot on a 45 offset, and now yeah, you kind of back into a, a dual purpose, you know? Even for predator hunting, I could see like, hey, this is, you know, maybe I'm in a western state, open landscapes, you know, you might get some, some longer shots, um, but maybe you get a, a pair that's burning and hot, whatever, and maybe you do want to transition to to that red dot for the up-close stuff that, you know, you just weren't ready. You're like, oh, my God, surprise, you know, and then you can instinct, instinctively, you know, transition over. So Red dots are great like that. You can fit a red dot on almost any gun, it seems like. You know what I mean? <laughs> Regardless of whatever the primary optic is, the red the primary optic might be a red dot, but if it's not, you can always you can fit a red dot. On, away. You can fit a red dot on anything, Greg. I'm a I'm a gun, Greg. Can you fit a red dot on me? Uh, we've gone into every one of these on other podcast episodes, more specific. So you know, one thing I know we didn't really get into a lot of because I know it would be another thirty minutes. But it's this razor one ten is the first focal plane optic, and there are many other low power variables. There's the second focal plane ones one to six, one to eight, one to ten. That's all stuff. We have a low-power variable podcast. I know the That's title true. of it. I don't know the number of it. It's LPVO equals L-O-V-E. Oh, yeah. You made that title. It's yeah. a good one. I always like it. Thank you. It does for me. I like them all, though. They all they all serve their role, and it can be tough to pick, though, because like yeah. you like you said early on, Jim, like, well, I like this, but I'd also like to be able to do this. Then all of a sudden, then you end up hearing like, well... But now that I'm here, I also want it to be able to do this, and then you end up there. But yeah, um, analyze well, the features and just, I mean, really boil it down. And, and I get caught in the game of like, well, I might, I might, yeah. I might. It's like, well, what's my 80? Yeah. I got to say, a lot of people right now are getting guns for self-defense, home defense type deal. Get the red dot. Yeah. I'll just say, yeah. I, I mean, Mike, you're your instructor here. You're far more of an expert. M- my opinion is get a red dot because... The range you're going to shoot on to practice, which we highly recommend, is probably, you know, I don't know, 50-yard range maybe, max. Most people have access to that just about anywhere you go, maybe 25 yards, so it fits there. It's going to do great in tucked under your bed in a safe somewhere, if it's ready to go for that home defense scenario, something like that. You have a sighting system at least, and it didn't cost you an arm and a leg. And then from there, that's when you start buying more guns and figuring out other ways to use guns in really neat ways. Uh, I don't know, Mike, what do you think? I, I agree. The red dot is the kind of easy button solution for the majority of people. Um, you know, it's hard to find ranges that you can reach out to further distance. I feel like where I am now, we're kind of, we have opportunities in central Wisconsin to shoot out to distance at times. Um, and so, but not everybody has that. Some people struggle to get a 50 yard range. Yeah. And so having a red dot is going to accomplish you know, all of the tasks. And I, I, I guess I should touch on when I talk about like reaching out to distance, it's on smaller size targets, not like a full size silhouette target. You know, if you were shooting at a full size, sil- you know, piece of silhouette steel or something like that, like, of course you can use a red dot and probably hit at four and 500 yards, like not really a, a big deal. When I start talking about like, you know, smaller, eight-inch circles, 10-inch circles, those sorts of things, it's nice to have some magnification. Even on a silhouette, it's nice to have magnification, you know, at four and 500 yards. So don't don't think that I'm, like, saying that it's impossible to shoot a distance with a red dot. 
it's just not optimized like some of these other things. And so for most people, if you put this on your gun and you go out to the range you normally shoot at, 25 to 50 yards, you're going to be able to do all the drills and practice to your heart's content and never really you know, reach the limitations of the optic. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you go out with your buddy and he's got access to a longer range and you're shooting out you know, a couple hundred yards, you're probably still going to be you know, just barely touching the limitations of the optic. Yeah. Um, and it's going to carry you for a very long you know, time uh, in your shooting experience, your training, et cetera. I'll also say, like, I think we kind of, like, I've noticed trends, like I've, you know, watched the firearms industry long enough that I've watched people be like, okay, you know, I'm going to try this thing. And then they see something that it doesn't do perfectly and they try something else. And they see that like that doesn't do something perfectly. Just understand like none of these are perfect solutions that are hundred percent. They're going to, you know, do everything perfectly. You got to, like you said, figure out what accomplishes 80% of your needs and then buy another gun to address the other 20%. Yes. <laughs> or find something that maybe covers 20% of your needs like, and then get five guns. Yeah. Five guns. I mean. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just make sure just that a different you way to look have, at it. Just make sure you always like, have I don't all golf. five how many, just, how many clubs are in a standard, like collection oh hundreds hundreds oh like golf clubs yeah like oh, yeah. what is Those an average carry bag around. Like that's our next product eight, we'll make an ar probably bag. like 150 to 175 clubs yeah. right that's how that works golf. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I so think a pro- yeah like if they can have all pit. those different golf clubs like it's acceptable to have at least as many ar-15s makes yeah. sense to this guy right yeah i agree the other <laughs> thing i like about this conversation is just like mike's path in optics I feel like we're like, and then you go this, and like, yeah, but the red dot, you know, da, 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 but the red dot, but they're all good. Yeah, like I said, find your find your eighty. If uh, if you want some of this information in writing, you can check out the blog that covers a lot of this uh, same material. Choosing the right optic for your uh, mm-hmm. on the Vortex hand, website. It's not handwritten by you, is it? It'll be illegible then. Yeah, no, it's typed. Good, not by me. Okay, got it. It so. would actually be really funny if it was just. Images? Just an image of Mark's um. handwritten notes. <laughs> yeah, I uploaded it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any other questions on choosing the right optic for your AR, like I said, check out the blog. Give us a call here at Vortex or, uh, heck, you know, sign up for a class at Edge. If you're late for work because you thought this would only take 10 minutes, just tell your boss it was important. Send your boss the podcast. Hey. And say, hey, you should check this out. This it's is why only I was 10 late. minutes. make them late for something and then yeah yeah Yeah, i'm sorry sir but your frame reference of time is off this is only 10 minutes right it says so in the title (laughs) it's on the internet all right thanks everybody bye bye